What yeah. do you think? What kind of sound does a buffalo make when it's drowning underneath the ice? I don't even want to make it. It's the saddest thing. Uh, this is not a sad podcast. It's not a sad. Uh, that is horrible. It's not a sad podcast. You know what's funny is that you say that right, but you would love to eat a little buffalo because you're a veggie. Screaming buffalo. Because you're a veggie. Mm-hmm. You are listening to the Do Nature Podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Dude Nature Podcast. I'm here in the reactor, as always, with my brother, Adam. What's up, guys? What's up? We are here to talk about a very special episode. Very, very special. Very special, special, special. Hey, we have a true American story. This is a true American story, this episode. True American hero. Okay, true American hero. Yeah. Before we get to that. Before Christian Christian Before we talk about Christian Pulisic. Yeah. Okay? We're going to talk about Adam's digestion and his gripes. Yep. Um, I have a gripe. Sometimes reggae concerts just aren't as good as you think they're going to be. Nope. Uh, and my digestion is... I'm a little stuffed. I'm a little stuffed up. Might need a blueberry smoothie. I'm going to touch on the reggae legends. Yeah. How are your gripes? Yeah. No, I'm going to touch on your gripe for a second. Sure, yeah. Sometimes when you... So sometimes when you go see like a reggae legend, someone yeah. that you think is like a legendary reggae artist... A legend of the dance. A legend of, of, the, of the dub. They end up being so high... That they cannot actually perform. They can't actually perform. Right. And it ends up just being a terrible concert. Too much of the ganja. Too much of the ganja. Not like a good concert. Like make. 10 bong rips too many right before the show. And he's just like, they're up there. And they're just like, kind of just like, just asleep. Bobbing their head asleep. There's a certain level of ganja you want to be at to listen to the reggae or perform the reggae, like a baseline ganja, but yeah, you don't yeah. want to go too high. There's a ceiling too. I think you want one gummy and anything more than no, one. I think, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. Because anything more than one gummy, you start to get it's meta in your head. High. Absolutely. Well, then you start high. to get like just crazy in your, it's talking to yourself yeah. in a we're, corner. We're talking specifically about Lee Scratch Perry and Richie Spice. Yeah. We're not going to name names, but Lee Scratch Perry and Richie Spice, you know who we are. did see them live. We know who you are. You put on a horrible concert in Austin, Texas, both times, both of you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, my gripe is Boy, it would be nice to go to a concert in the next 500 years at some point. Right. I think in a thousand years we'll get there. Okay. My, my, yep. my turn. Yep. Okay. Gripes. Sure. Um, so my, my dog, my dog eats a lot of grass. Yeah. He just eats grass all the time. Like a buffalo. He's like a buffalo, actually. Mm-hmm. The great American buffalo, my dog. He eats, a bu- he eats a bunch of grass. What eventually happens is that, and this has happened multiple days in a row, when he goes to the bathroom, okay, he, it gets stuck. It gets stuck in his butt because of the grass. Somehow, mm-hmm. it, it gets stuck. Good, good amount of doo-doo talk. So, yeah, no, good Sorry. amount. <laughs> everyone like, good amount of doo-doo talk to start the episode. So, when I'm, when I'm walking him, we'll be in the middle of Portland, and I have to, like, I have to put a bag on my hand and reach in. Reach into his butt and pull and and pull it out. Oh yeah, pull no, pull yeah. and pull the poo out. And people look at me like I am like crazy. No, but I've he's like happen. whimpering. I've seen it happen. He's whimpering and just like it's it's and he looks at me like get it out. Right, get the grass uh, stuck out of my butt. It's so horrifying. Speaking of grass stuck in the butt. Speaking of grass stu- stuck in the butt, Let's guys. Talk about buffaloes. Yeah, intro of the episode. Story of the you guys. This is the story of the American buffalo. Okay, the once great beast that roamed the plains of the USA. And what a story! What a story it is, and what an American hero it is. American hero also Noah having his timer ready. 
Okay, Adam, in beginnings that don't suck, Adam has 60 seconds to tell us about the history of the American buffalo. A 60-second history. Adam, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, ready. Three, two, one. The great American buffalo. In 2016, President of the United States, Barack Obama, you remember him? Ever heard of him? Signed into law the buffalo as being the national mammal of the United States. This animal, this beautiful animal, the largest land mammal in North America, represents all that is wild and beautiful in this country, I think, and bears too. In short, the buffalo roamed freely in large numbers pre-19th century westward expansion in numbers close to 60 million. After large-scale commercial hunting and Native American devastation Noah, the once great animal nearly became extinct. Over the last 100 years, early conservationists and tribe members have restored the buffalo to nearly 500,000 individuals, only 1% of its original population. Even still, it is considered a great success and a widely used model for animal conservation. Lovely. Thank you. Lovely. Absolutely lovely. You have 12 seconds. Um, it is a great symbol of America. I totally agree with you. Also, uh, and I agree with you about the bear. The California flag, is that a grizzly bear or, or a... Black like, bear. It's a black bear. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. I think the grizzly bear is also a great great animal for America. Um, I also think that when you when you think of like large mammals, mm-hmm. a lot of times you're like, oh, I have to go to Africa to see them. And we forget that once upon a time, there were, hu- there were humongous herds of large mammals here. Okay, that brings me to the theme. Yeah. Theme of this episode. Yeah. Human-driven change, both negative and positive. The power mm. of human-driven change. Mm. God, we're getting so deep. So deep. We're getting so deep. Yeah. Adam, start us off. What is a buffalo? What is a buffalo? A buffalo is big. <clears throat> it's the heaviest oh, yeah. and longest mammal in North America. The moose is the tallest, but the moose doesn't weigh more. A meese, a hack, pack of meese doesn't weigh more than a pack of buffalo. There's no way a pack of moose is called a meese. It is called a meese. Pack of moose? You can't say moose says. Moose pack? Meeses. No, it's called something funny. A pack of moose? Yeah. Okay, keep going. I'm going to look it a up. A pack of derm? Keep going. I'm going to look it up. Uh, bison. It's actually a, called a bison, not a buffalo. Scientifically, it's the American bison, but we use the term so interchangeably now that we're just going to use buffalo in this podcast. So how can you tell the difference between a bison and a buffalo? The three H's called home, hump, and horns. Home, the bison live in North America, while the buffalo live in Asia or Africa. It's hump as well. The North American buffalo has a large um, hump in the, so it's like it has its head and then it goes up a cliff to its back. Mm-hmm. So its head is kind of at the bottom of a cliff. It's like forming a little hump. It uses the hump to push snow <laughs> on the plains. So obviously in Africa and Asia, they don't need to push the snow as much because there's no snow. Also, it's horns. The buffalo, like a water buffalo in Asia, has really long horns. While right. an American buffalo, in fact, which is a bison, has very short pointy horns inside of its head. Mm-hmm. They're beautiful. Yeah, they're absolutely beautiful. I want You want to cuddle with it. Just stroke its fur. Just stroke its nice mange. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. The, the fur looks kind of itchy sometimes, like when they're shedding it. It's, 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 a, it's discolored, hence the wallowing. What is wallowing? Wallowing is basically a dog scratching its back. The bison do this as well. Um, it's to remove parasites and shed skin, and the skin looks very, very, very itchy, so they need to shed it. In its herds, the females, its herds being the, the buffalo, which are actually the bison, scientific name, bison, bison, bison. That's the actual scientific yeah, name. Bison, bison, bison. Bison, bison, bison. Females live in maternal herds, which include other females, and males in their bachelor herds or solitary. They don't interact until the mating season. We've seen this before in the animal kingdom. Absolutely. It's environment. Where do the buffalo live? 
Buffalo are very, very important to their environment. So the American Biological Scientists in 1999 showed evidence that bison, 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 American buffalo, increase plant diversity with their grazing and especially their wallowing behavior. Right. The Great Bison Belt spanned all throughout the U.S. up to Alaska through Canada, and there were 15 to 20 at one point, 15 to 20, bison per square mile in this country, which is unbelievable. A shipload of bison. That's how many... It's exactly one fuck ton of bison. One fuck ton of bison. It's exactly one fuck ton of bison. If you're keeping track. It's just a ton of bison. Yeah. Noah. Yeah. Tell us about what some of these old herds look like. I'd love to. I'd love to. I think that the main thing to put it to put into context here is that especially I know I said this earlier, but when you think of big mammals, you don't think of the US. You're like, I have to go somewhere else. Right? Yeah. I have to go somewhere else to Africa, see them. Safari. Safari, whatever. We situation. do a moose here. But there were buffalo everywhere here. Everywhere. Yeah. There were there was there were so many that, that they were a pest. So there were actually 30 to 60 million individual buffalo mm-hmm. um, in in the in the U.S. before uh, 1830, which is when the massacring started happening. I mean, if you could imagine being back then, like with all these highways, cities, and roads, and just looking out over the plains, you just see herds of nature, buffalo. just so many buffs, so just many eating grass yes. and wallowing and just being buffs. Yes. So actually, in, in the book Thunder and Blood, um, on an American expedition to Blood Grape- and Thunder. Blood, but who's counting? Thunder. <laughs> yeah. Um, great book, by the way. On an expedition to fight the Navajo, uh, a soldier climbs a rock and depicts buffalo stretching all the way to the horizon all around him. And it's just a sea of black humps. Okay? So 30 to 60 million individual buffalo. You can also think of this as the ever. So, so think about California. Think about all the people that live in California. Everyone in Los Angeles, San Francisco, all the big cities. Imagine all of those people are buffalo spread out through herds and in the center I of the U.S. I usually imagine them as buffalo. That's how I usually imagine the people. Yeah. But anyway, everyone in Cali- basically everyone in California was a buffalo. That's how many buffalo there were. It's amazing. It is amazing. It's beautiful. Just burp into the microphone if you're going to burp. <laughs> I, have nice, to burp. I might as well brand. just give it to the people like my full off, show. Very much Don't just brand. give them a little bit of it. Yeah. Okay, so... An am- amazing herds, beautiful. In 1871, an American soldier named George Anderson sent a letter to his sweetheart describing a herd that he saw in Kansas. And I quote, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a voice for this one. I'm going to start doing voices for quotes. An old-timey voice? Here we go, okay? Yeah. I am safe in calling this a single herd, he wrote, but it is impossible to approximate the millions that composed it. It took me six days on horseback to ride through it. Okay, voice is a work. We're working on the voice. We need the Ken Burns music behind it. Yeah, I know. So basically, he's saying that it took him six days on horseback to to ride through a whole herd. Unbelievable. Yeah. There were so many buffalo that they were known to stampede trains when trains would go through them. Mm -hmm. Um, Colonel Dodge, in his memoirs, wrote that at one point he rode 25 miles in Arkansas, always being in a herd of buffalo the entire time. So the buffalo either paid him no mind or they started to stampede his wagon. Okay, thousands of buffalo stampeding on you would be terrifying. As soon as he shot his rifle in the air, they would disperse. He said that he had to kill 26 of them, not in sport, but out of protection, protection, lease his wagon and cart be stampeded. 26 buffalo? Yeah, just to stay alive. Wow. So I think that this is a good example. They're, they were basically pests. Of the of the of the um of the, of the plains, there were so many of them. It was it was outrageous. 
Mm-hmm. You can imagine going up on a rock, looking out, and just seeing an ocean of buff. Except great they, American buffalo. The great American hero of the buffalo. Except they weren't actually a pest because they're living in balance in their environment. Right. They weren't a pest. There's so many they're, of them. They're, I mean, they're probably majestic. Can you imagine how majestic that would be? Okay. Yeah. You're, you're all of the U.S. They stretch yeah. all the way up through Canada to Alaska. Adam, you're a soldier. Yeah. Okay. You're, you're, you're in wild, wild U.S. Wow. Beautiful wild U.S. Wow. Can't even imagine it. You, wow. go, you, go up, you go up on a rock and okay. you just see buff. Yeah. Buffalo. Yeah. I often think about that, what this country would look like before, you know, we, we industrialized it. How beautiful it would be. So beautiful. Amazing. I want, can you still get some of that beauty in Alaska? Like, isn't Alaska pretty remote? Sure. There's remote places here, too. But Wyoming, whenever Montana. we go on, like, a hike and I have a lookout, I'm just like, what would this have looked like before there was anyone here? Yeah. Sometimes I say, see the same thing in my body. What would this have looked like before? I just, you know, I ate that, that ice cream. I have a buffalo joke. Knock, knock. Yeah. Who's there? Interrupting buffalo. Interrupting buffalo. <laughs> the one problem with uh, buffalo, the last thing about buffalo is that they've been known to kill podcasts because the, the hard B at the start of right goes into the can really wreck the sound in the mix right yeah um adam before the great extinction these herds were hunted sustainably yes by indians how how did this take place so we're going to get into this sustainable in quotes hunting right right did so obviously the first thing that they did is solitary hunting um men from the for example the crow tribe would dress in john snow yeah from the john snow tribe would dress in wolf skin, the crow, crow. Oh, I get the joke now. Damn, really? Yeah. No, there you go. Dress in wolf skin, would go to the edge of the buffalo herd and hunt, which is bows and arrows, killing solitary buffalo and dragging them back with groups of men. Okay, that's one way to do it. Another way to do it is embankments. And this is a very popular way that native people used to kill buffalo. They would drive the buffalo in massive herds of hundreds over cliffs. And then they'd have other people waiting at the bottom to deal the final blow, like with a lance or a club. And then they could process the buffalo right at the bottom of these cliffs. That's the archaeological remnants. They find tools at the bottom of cliffs because of all the processing that took place there. And then drag the hides or the tongues, something valuable, back to the village. These people were so savage. Right. They're really, yeah. Can you imagine a modern-day person having to, like, like run around the bottom of the hill just kill buffalo put them yeah. out of their misery well that's not that's not all they did i mean they would also use other kind of traps like the ice the ice traps they drive a bunch of buffalo over a frozen lake too much weight for the lake the buffalo go into the lake and drown and there's be others waiting at the bottom of the river to drag the carcasses back damn yeah i know that's a probably a better one too because it doesn't get all smushed yeah imagine dragging the carcass back of a 1200 pound animal you can't do it right well imagine just watching hundreds of of huge mammals drowned to death yeah no uh, underneath the ice what yeah do you think, what kind of sound does a buffalo make when it's drowning underneath the ice i don't even want to make it it's the saddest thing but, this is not a sad podcast it's not a sad but, that is horrible it's not a sad podcast you know what's funny is that you say that right but you would love to eat a little buffalo because you're a screaming veggie bud buffalo because yeah. you're a veggie mm-hmm yeah, this is this is honestly suffering. Why honestly, is it any different than you? I tried to buffalo? eat sloppy joes in front of you. For yeah. those who haven't listened to other podcasts, Adam's trying vegetarianism. Do you you like a baby? Can buffalo? I say something? A nice for, tender baby. I tried to eat my sloppy joes in front of you the other day. Sure. And yeah. it just I just couldn't eat it. You just because you of the judging, ruined it for me. Because of the judging face. Because if you're judging, judging face, buffalo you're judging face? Way, you're judging ways. Judging buffalo. Buffalo. Um, so in Bengals, we have the cliffs, we have the ice, right? 
And not all of the parts of the animal were always used. In fact, there are firsthand accounts of soldiers seeing buffalo carcasses rotting at the bottom of these cliffs. So it's not like it was entirely sustainable at the beginning with the native peoples, even though they would kill buffalo in the hundreds at the most and take back an unbelievable amount of meat. I mean, 50 cows can yield 11,000 pounds of usable meat. And they would yes. they use this the buffalo for everything. I mean, they use the skin for the teepees, right? They use the heart for cooking vessels. They use the meat to eat. And they use a bunch of other things that I had in my other notes section as well. It's a huge walking resource. Yeah. It's a slow walking, huge mammal resource. Right. And there were so, 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 so many of them that no one would have ever, ever fathomed that anything bad would have ever happened. Right. I mean, that's why they have so much cultural significance. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, yeah, so the horns into spoons, right? The hump the in the back becomes a bowl that they can use. The heart as a sack. The furry hide in the teepees. And the stomach, the stomach of the buffalo used as cooking utensils or cooking pots. So they basically, I mean, the, the myth that they used every part of the animal is mostly true. They really did use every part of the animal that they could. Yeah. Okay, so with the sustainable hunting, right, it was sustainable because there are 60 million buffalo roaming in the bison belt and even killing hundreds like that you can still be supported on them. And these nomadic groups of tribes would follow the buffalo around because they used them for everything. Right. I think it would have been sustainable forever without industrialized killing. Speaking of industrialized killing, let's get into that a little bit. Okay. Speaking of industrialized killing. Okay. Yeah. So we got a ton of buffalo, basically an inexhaustible supply of buffalo that you would have seems had to... like 15 per square mile. It seems like an inexhaustible supply that you would have literally had to try to make extinct. What happens? And and let me tell you, okay, so from the early 1800s of 30 to 60 million buffalo, okay, and then we go to the late 1800s where where American buffalo, there's less than 1,000 individuals left, which seems basically impossible. So imagine, again, everyone in California just you dying. So, in, a, in, in like, in it, most of it happened in a 30-year period. I saw a paper by the American Buffalo Society that claims that it got down to 23 individuals. Jesus. We were close to losing him. The great American history. The great, great American history. So hero. how do we get there? What happened? Okay. So there's two main main ways, main reasons that this extinction happened. Yeah, tell me. Okay, I'm, I'm a man of, of a couple ways. Okay, there's, there's two main ways. One one was the Indian problem. Okay? And I'll, 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 explain, I'll explain why this, why this led well, to the, it. The mismanagement of the... the so it, well, it, it's important to... Let me, I, it's very important to lay out just the landscape of, of like, Indian white saying, relations. It's all connected. It's all connected, it's baby. All, it's all fucking Amazon, connected. ecosystem, it's all connected. Yeah. Mm. That makes me aroused. Okay. So the Indian problem. At this time, if you were a frontiersman or lived anywhere besides the like very, very civilized cities in the Northeast... It is very likely that you knew someone who was brutally and utterly savagely murdered by Indians. Okay, mm-hmm. we have we have this. Some people still have this. We have this thought that these Indians were they were just nice. Pocahontas, they were just nice, and they were just like they were super great. They were savage. They killed people brutally, mm-hmm. women and children too. Sometimes for for very little reasons. Right. Okay. People didn't. People they hated the Indians. You're talking about the Plains tribes. I'm talking about the plan, uh, Plains tribes, Comanches, the Kiwas, Sioux, Rapa, Sioux, yeah, Rapa, yeah, nice job. Okay, so Indians, big problem. The government labeled the Indian the Indian problem, and they said that every buffalo killed was basically one less Indian. 
So because of the cultural significance. So no. So their reason from this comes from that they wanted to starve the Indian from the buffalo. The Indians were so they were so reliant on the buffalo that mm-hmm. the that the U.S. government thought the only way to get rid of the Indians was to get rid of the buffalo. Yeah. Okay. So this was government backed killing of of the buffalo, basically widespread extermination. Yeah. General Sherman, a the a very prominent general in that time wrote, wrote a letter to another general in May 10th, 1868. Same civil war general or no. Mm, that's a good question. I'm not sure. Okay. As long as Buffalo Rome, Nebraska. Oh, this is his quote. <clears throat> as long as Buffalo Rome, Nebraska Indians will go there. I think it would be wise to invite all the sportsmen of England and America this fall for a grand Buffalo hunt and make one grand sweep of them all. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, then another quote from Colonel Dodge, every Buffalo dead is an Indian gone. And this kind of became like a quote basically for the army at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, according to Temple university, army commanders even provided bullets to private hunters. So soldiers in their time off would hunt Buffalo and because it was a mission deemed worthy of the army. So there, there were escapades from the army to just wipe out Buffalo. It was state-sponsored, like, like wiping out because they believed that killing off the Indians' resources was the only way to get rid of the Indian. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it was, it was a state-mandated buffalo killing. It's basically. state-mandated buffalo. In, it's industrialized buffalo so killing. So if you're an army, you're going west, right? You're doing some exploring. Mm-hmm. You're on one of these expeditions they did in the southwest or Texas, Oklahoma, that area. If you shot a buffalo while you're eating lunch, it's not a big deal. So yeah, so exactly. If you're if you're in one of these armies, they're mm-hmm. like, if you kill a buffalo, they're like, good job. You might get promoted. Yeah, you might get promoted for wiping out thousands of buffalo. Okay. Okay. Um, the other reason was economic. Okay. Hunters, gamesmen, anyone that wanted any money hunted buffalo for their meat, tongue, and hide. And the, the sad part is that later it just became tongue and hide, and they would just leave the meat there to rot. Um, William Cody killed four thousand two hundred eighty buffalo in an eighteen month stretch. This earned him the nickname Buffalo Bill. Okay. Probably heard of him. Hunters could kill a thousand buffaloes in a season, like just a single hunter. It's not very hard to kill buffalo when you have a rifle. Because they're just standing around. They're just standing around. They had like a whole strategy for it too. I was reading about the strategy a little bit. Like what? Uh, Like you kill the leader buffalo first. You find him, you kill him first. It's it's, it's just sad. In the heyday of the hunting, it's estimated that over 5,000 buffalo were killed per day. Okay. And again- Yeah. Oh yeah, there's there's pictures of them standing in front of like mount literal mountains of buffaloes. Yeah, buffaloes just waiting with rifles and just killing all of them. No, no, I don't no. know how you could do that and sleep. No, it wasn't a bad thing. I mean, it's probably just like killing rats, right? Kill a rat. Yeah. Well, I guess you have to think that you know these people back in the day, it just they're just more savage. We're soft. We're just so much more soft. Yeah. Um. In 1870, a bull hide. The most valuable part of the buffalo sold sold for three dollars and seventy cents. Sense, which Wait, also a, conservation just didn't really exist. I mean, people were studying the well, natural world. Well, actually, yeah. actually, it didn't exist. But there were people that were speaking out against this, uh, strongly speaking out against this. But because of the Indian problem, because if you spoke out against killing the buffalo, you were basically pro-Indian. Yeah, it was very easy to stop any kind of political unrest. Going against killing the buffalo. So there were people that were kind of raising the flag early on. Yes, they, knew, they were pressing. There were a lot of there happen. were a lot of people raising the flag early on. Tell me, tell me more about. It. Keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were a lot of people raising the flag early on, but because of like because if you raise the flag, they were like, oh, you just you know you're an Indian lover. 
Yeah. It just could never get past the public. The public could never get behind it mm-hmm. because the public was, because you can imagine if you had your friend or family member brutally murdered by an Indian, that was your first concern, not the Buffalo. And if you're a frontiersman, there's a good chance of that. That happened. A frontiers woman, frontiers person. Absolutely. If you're a frontiersman, you fought the Indian. Well, I mean, in this time, we just got to set the stage a little bit. Like everything past, you know, the um, the forested area of like Appalachia on the left side, like St. Louis. St. Louis was like the last bastion of civilization. Right. St. Louis was the farthest west. Yeah. Everything to the west of that was just just wild country. Wild and savage. Right. Frontier, where they would pay people settlements, you know, to go stay. Right. Yeah. Um, so again, I'm I'm talking about the 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 reasons that the extermination happened. I'm on economic. Yeah. Um Bullhide sold for three three dollars and seventy cents, which which is about eighty it's eighty dollars today. Um the tragedy of this is that that's really not that much money. When you when you think about the 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 profit that you know they had to skin it they had to take all this time to to get the hide and then to ship the hide back you're not making the eighty dollars of that profit you know maybe they're making thirty at the end of the day mm-hmm. right so it's like it's not they're not making that much money and the reason is because there's so much there's so many buffalo right there's so many buffalo that it's just a commodity it's everywhere mm-hmm. um so because they weren't making that much they had to kill hundreds of them to make a profit. Trappers. Yeah. In 1873, an economic depression hit the country, and this made it a lot worse because people were like, well, I'm going to go kill some buffalo then. Because you can kill hundreds in a day if you were a good hunter. Hundreds of buffalo in How one day. How do you day. even get that much buff back with you to sell? Right. So they they would have the skinners they would have the skinners follow them. But they mm-hmm. ended up doing they had skinners follow following them. Oh, it's different jobs. So so it's a good point that you ask. This is when they stopped using the meat. So it's really sad. They would just skin them right there and just, they would just leave thousands of meat just to rot. Just away. rotting, rotting meat piles. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. Yeah. So many buffalo were killed that the market was flooded and the price dropped uh, way below 370. So that meant more buffalo had to be killed in the horrible feedback cycle. Is that 370? $3.70. That was the price for a, like an entire buffalo? For an entire buffalo hide, which equates to $80 today. Oh my God. So it's only 80 bucks. Yeah. That's what I was saying. It's not that much money. And that's why they had to kill hundreds of them. It's really not that much money for it. Yeah. I mean, how many, how much could you really sell in one day? Well, right. But it's also, there were so many Buffalo that it was just like, it's just, it was not a thing. It's like, whatever. It's like collecting money from the ground. It's just like, I was trying to think it's like a rock. Yeah. It's like this thing that's very useful, but there's so much of it. Metal. Cricket. Like just getting a cricket. Um, It is estimated that a million Buffalo could have been killed in a year sustainably before any signs of any bad signs could happen. A million could have been killed. A million could have been cure, killed, and it would have still been fine. And it would have still fine. been in that balancing act. Right, right, right. Yeah. It would have been completely fine. So we could have killed carrying capacity. Could have killed a million a year. Environmental carrying capacity. Thank you. Could have killed a million a year. Would have been no big deal. Okay. Okay. All we had to do is not just like industrialize the killing. Okay. Take us home. Okay. So now we're sad. We're sad. And get us out of sad. Okay, so that's how we got all the way down to like literally tens of buffalo. That's how that's how in thirty years we went from thirty to sixty million buffalo to a thousand. Is 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 because it was there was basically missions from the army to kill buffalo. It was state sponsored killing, and because economically you could make a lot of money killing the buffalo, but you had to kill a lot. Yeah. And it is still it's still unfathomable 
How do we go from 60 million to 20? That in 30 years, you went from 30, 60 million. You went from all the people in California to a thousand of them. I mean, you see pictures of the mountains of people staying next to mountains of hides. I saw a picture of people just shooting out of trains. They're just shooting them from a train. They're right, because if you killed a buffalo, you were, you were like, you're doing a good job for the nation. Yeah, and people were all about the nation. All about the nation. Yeah, so funny. So funny. You know, back then... We really wanted the one thing we really wanted to do was trade with Asia. We were like so pumped about it. Right. So they wanted to open the West. So yeah, anything that right. you did as a citizen to open the West, you were a real good citizen. You're a good good dude. Yeah, good dude. All right. Okay, so let's let's get into the conservation a little bit. How we got back from twenty three all the way back to where we are now, which is five hundred thousand, which is still not that many compared to what we had originally. But we but made it back. Mean, but is American story for an American hero. Anymore. Yeah, so the story of conservation, right? It's obviously a very complicated story, and we're going to go through it relatively quickly. The story of the American buffalo rising back is the same story with the national parks. And around the 1900s, a lot of individual enthusiasts came in to raise buffalo as a hobby, basically. People like Teddy Roosevelt, the biggest one. People like William Harnaday. People like James Phillip. These people, they bought buffalo from specifically Yellowstone mainly because Yellowstone was the only herd that's continuously running from the discovery of the United States all the way through now. It's really cool. The herd in the Yellowstone. It got all the way down to a couple buffalo at one point, and now it's way back to be the biggest one. American story. Okay, so they would raise these buffalo like James Phillip grew his herd to 1,200 buffalo off of two. Media magnate Ted Turner, he grew a herd to 50,000. William Temple Harnaday, the founder of the New York Zoological Park, which is now known as the Bronx Zoo, he was the first one that predicted that bison would be extinct in two decades, thus founding the American Bison Society, which all these guys are a part of. There's a picture of them standing outside of the Bronx that Zoo. That is so fucking sick. I the, want to be part of the Bison Society. The American Bison Society. Who was the president PIMP of the PIMP Society? The, P- the PIMP <laughs> Society. Who was the president of the American Bison Society? It was Teddy fucking Roosevelt. Yeah. Baby. You ever heard of him? Ever heard Remember of him? Remember him? Hey, okay, now, now I got a question. Yeah. Uh, the the other Roosevelt, is that his cousin? Theodore? Yeah. No. I don't think they're related. No, they're related. Uh, no, they're not. No, they are. The Roosevelts, I don't think are related. They're related. No, you mean the handicap one. All right, I'll bet, you, I'll bet you 20, I'll bet you 20 bucks that the Roosevelt's are related. I don't think they're related at all. All right, whatever. Keep going. I'll bet you on it, though, if you okay. want. 20 bucks? Yeah. Okay. Not 20. That's, that's $5. <laughs> Come on now. Woo. Where are we living? All right. Five, all right fine. Okay. So, Protector Roosevelt is the president of the Bronx Zoo in 1905. He started selling bison, 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 otherwise known as the American buffalo, to protected areas like the Wichita Mountains, Wind Cave National Park in South Dakota, and the National Bison Range in Montana. So, he was selling them to protected areas in the plains where they used to live. The story of Yellowstone was a big reason why the buffalo survived. It was put into a national park in 1872. It was the first national park. In the bill from Congress, this is what it says. It says, to provide against wanton destruction of the fish and game found within said park and against their capture or destruction for the purpose of merchandise or profit. So it was the first protected area where we could put bison. The National Bison Range, created in Montana, for a permanent national range for bison and for such other native animals as may be placed therein. That's once again from the U.S. 
Congress or the bill that was passed to create the National Bison Range, which is still a national monument in Montana, which you can go see. So Teddy Roosevelt had a hand in both of those things. So there's a national bison range. So I know about Yellowstone, but there's a national bison range in Mon- Montana. Yeah, it seems strange now to have that, right? But back then, it was like, you know, the Jews having Israel to go to. Like this, that's right. where they these enthusiasts of the American and Bison okay. Society would put the buffalo. In Montana, that range it still exists it still exists today? Yes. Okay, and so there, because it's close to Yellowstone. Montana is close to Yellowstone. So both those, is is that where most of the wild buffalo now roam? No, they're all over the plains right okay, now. Okay, keep going. Sorry. Okay, that's fine. Um, so it it started with these enthusiasts, right, in the early 1900s. They got the herds of buffalo up to like 31,000, 30,000, so not endangered anymore. There we go. And then another challenge ha- happened to them. Another, another, another management issue. Damn it. Yeah. Called brucellosis. So what is brucellosis? It is a bacteria that causes abortion, infertility, reduced milk production, lameness, swollen joints in cattle. It comes from cattle. And swollen testicles. And it's very contagious. I knew I I had it. Yeah. (laughs) So it's basically impossible to reproduce if you have brucellosis. Oh. It decimated the buffalo herds back down to 200 individuals in Yellowstone. So they went all the way back down in the 50s and 60s. And Wind Cave National Park, they're all the way back down to 200 individuals. Okay. It's awful. It is awful. We we still don't know a cure for brucellosis, but what we do now is we quarantine and we test and we vaccinate. There is a vaccine. Okay. So they're very when people are managing these buffalo herds, they are like hands on managing now in all the protected areas and the plains. They are like testing. They are quarantining. They're vaccinating. You know they are, and in a lot of cases they're slaughtering. So if they have brucellosis, they'll just slaughter them, right there. Okay, so that's the very sad part. So we're ba- but we're back up to 500,000, we're back up to 1% of the numbers. In modern times, something called the Intertribal Council, which is the tribe of native peoples of 56 tribes, is seeking to increase the range of bison by moving their herds, the big herd from Yellowstone to Alaska where they used to range. The cost of transporting a bison through FedEx, it's $9,000. That's a lot less than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Me too. It's like way less than I thought it was going to be. Right. They so they would they're FedExing bison off of the main herds to go up, and so they can spread through Canada through Manitoba. Well, okay, hold, well. okay, okay, that's really cool. So they're they're all of them or just some of them, some of them. So they're trying to create the great herds again in Canada and Alaska. Yeah, they're basically taking you know where they perfected this quarantining from the disease in yeah. Yellowstone. Yeah, and they're they are taking healthy animals and they're moving it across country. To spread them out. This is na- this is native people specifically. The inner tribal council that's doing this. Oh, so they're doing they're providing the manpower basically. Yes, because it's such a cultural symbol for them. The buff. Yeah, they want to protect the buff. Okay, so like I've been saying, total numbers are now between three hundred fifty and five hundred thousand bison, about one percent of original numbers. Brucellosis is still it's still bad, but we've gotten better at managing it, and with all animals in the herd frequently vaccinated. So, so we're back. We're back, baby. So that's where we are. Let's go open kimono. Can I? Can I? Can I? Yeah. Can I ask a? Can I ask some some questions? Sure. So I kept reading that most bison, actually about ninety percent of them, are still privately owned. Oh, I. Mm, I don't know about yeah, that at and all. actually like, like privately owned. Most of the bison are in the park. Not, but not in like a bad way. But like that, they're just not on. Only like thirty thousand buffalo are on public lands. On specific ranches, you mean? Yeah, yeah. So 
I was reading that in the in the fifties, sixties, and seventies, a lot of them went to these private ranches to perfect the kind of quarantining they needed to do to get rid of this disease. And then once they're old enough, they're released from the ranch into the public lands, which are protected. They're into the protected areas. Right. So I think I think what I was saying is that there's a lot of working with the private private landowners. There's yeah. a lot of them working with public lands to save the buffalo. Right. And it's that, a big American yeah. effort yep. to save that's, the buffalo. That's how it's been since the early 1900s. Those with, original with enthusiasts, basically. Yeah. The, the PIMP club? Yeah. The PIMP club. Cool. So it's like a, but it, it's it's cool because I think it's, you know, it, it's private owners working with the government to try and save the buffalo. Yeah. Um, Open kimono? Open kimono. It would have been devastatingly sad for the buffalo to disappear. And I hope that we can get them back on the plains. Running around. I think it's, you know, it, it's just unbelievable thinking about how, what it would have looked like to see all these giant mammals. Like you climb a rock and you just look out and it's just a sea. And they're, you know, they're unique, uniquely North American bison, bison, bison. For sure. You know, they're just, people want to go, you think about nature. Sometimes you think about other countries, but really in the U S there's just an amazing diversity of nature. There's just such amazing things to see here. I totally agree. Um, I can't believe this is a success story to get back to only 1%, but I mean, that's where we are. Yeah. Can you tell the people again, there was, there were less than, you know, there were like, there were like less than a hundred, what it seems like. Right. And now we're back to about 350,000. We went from 60 million to 500,000. Right. Even though 90% of them are privately owned, we still got, we got 500,000 of them. And a lot of them are back grazing on public lands. But the cool part is... You know what you can do as an individual if you have you know a lot of money and a lot of power. Yeah, you got fucking money, power, yeah. women. Hey, yeah. First, you got. It makes it. me when you when you mention you know, what sucks when you mention private lands. My 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 mind just goes right to Tiger King. Uh huh. Which sucks. That was such a negative, such a negative. Yeah. Portrayal Ooh. of, and obviously tigers and bison are very different. That's horrible. But it was it's such a negative portrayal of private lands. This this might be a little more positive. Right. I just, if people's minds are going to Tiger King. These these might be a little more benevolent. Well, it shows than that. you like remember we talked about animals in the Amazon biodiversity. Like if an animal becomes a symbol of a nation, it gets protected. You know, right? Obama signed National Bison Legacy, 2016. Obama National Mammal of yeah. the United States. The American Bison is the national mammal of the U.S. Now, shout out Matt and Sarah. Like, you know what? <laughs> Next time. Maybe you guys hey. will have at it again. Maybe we'll go for a second round. Maybe we'll go for round two. Hey, I have a shout. I have a shout out. Sure. I have a shout out to America. Yeah. Okay. I have a shout out to America for, for, you know, it's been a lot of, it's been, it's been, it's been some downer stuff. Ooh, but tough we, summer. Tough summer. Dog <laughs> days tough of summer. summer. Dog days of summer for America. Yeah. We saved the bison though, even though we did almost kill it. Goes back to my theme. Yeah. Okay. But shout out to America for saving the bison. Shout out to America. Shout out to Teddy Roosevelt. Shout out to early conservationists and the rise of the national parks, which this is very connected to, which is a yeah. massive story. And maybe we'll get into it at some point. Yeah. It is interesting to think about that even in the nineteen in the nineteen hundreds, there were people you think conservation sounds kinda of like a modern a modern thing, but there were people back then that were fighting for it. Where can they find us? Hey What should they do? Guys, the thing that you should do, if you listen to this podcast, go ahead and subscribe. Yeah. Wherever you listen to podcasts, is it is it Overcast? That's it. That's the only thing. Is it you Stitcher? Do. Is it Apple Podcast? Is some weird is thing? Is it some they weird thing you? that I have no idea what it app? is? Yeah. Okay. Whatever it is, I'm sure they have a subscribe button. What does subscribe mean? It just means that you get a notification every time a new episode. It means comes you get a notification. That's all we want from every time a new episode. And then listen. Hey guys, yeah. tonight when you're dreaming, dream of buffalo. Dream of buffalo. 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 Love you guys. Love you. Guys.